The greatest problem in this world is that people are too f***ing scared to be themselves. Scared of what others think. Why? Because society made you fit into a tiny little box. Welcome ladies and gentlemen to the Feeling Alive podcast with Luca Reedy today. It's me, Luca Reedy, talking about why I am no longer vegan. Sure, I'm going to get quite a few messages about this, and I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of people resonating with what I'm about to share. So, for those of you who don't know, I've been vegan, quote unquote, for three years. It happened back in 2017, September 1, 2017, exactly. And I'll tell you a little bit about you know what what made me make that decision and when, and and what influenced that. But this episode is really inspired by me wanting to share the lessons that I've taken in that on from this three-year journey um, and I think it's really empowering for people who are maybe possibly vegan uh, now listening to this and have, have like had these few little um, urges or prompts inside them speaking to them to say something's not feeling 100% aligned with me and maybe you're a staunch vegan staunch vegan uh, plant-based um, person and you want to I don't know, see what the hell's gone wrong with me. <laughs> and because you've known me as being, you know, somewhat staunch in as a vegan in my life too. Now, I know I've, I've uh, preached this for, for many years and especially in the early, earlier days. And to get to this point, I think it's quite humbling for me to be able to say this, but I say it with as much uh, respect and love to, you know, everything that's cr- crossed my past path in the last couple of years to give me so much more experience and depth of knowledge of who I truly am. So today I'm going to talk about, you know, why I went vegan, how long I've been vegan, what made me shift, um, why I'm even doing this podcast. And I, I want to give people some key, key valuable lessons of what I've learned. So I'll give you a couple of those and where I'm at now, you know, what I'm doing now and, and what I what my perspective is on this on this game and of life we call it this game of life it's an interesting game of life isn't it we're still figuring it out let's be honest like no one's been here before we're i'm 30 never done this before you know i'm never going to do 31 32 33 i've never done any of that before and wherever you're at you've never been where you're at you know maybe in a past life if you if you dive into that but like come on man you're doing your best everyone's just doing their best Let's remember that. So if I go back, you know, why I went vegan September 1, 2017, I'll go into like, you know, that that day, like I'm a bit of background on me. I'm a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm half Maori. I grew up with my grandfather who's traditional Maori, growing up with him, uh, eating hungies, which is, you know, uh, pits, a big hole in the ground where roast, where you're just cooking meat and vegetables in the earth. I grew up, I grew up with that. And um, then I grew up in Australia, you know, after he passed away with the old sausage sizzle and playing rugby and going down to Bunnings on a Sunday, you know, I, it's, a, it's a barbecue culture, it's a meat eating culture, it's a beer drinking culture, it's supporting meat eating, let's be honest. And, and okay, it's a little bit different now, but I grew up very conditioned to look at that way. And so I started shifting. I was a bit open-minded. I've been open-minded my whole life. And you know what's funny is everyone who knows me listening to this knows that I can change directions real quick when I want to. 
um, one minute I'm doing one thing, next minute I'm like, nah, it doesn't feel good. I'm, I'm moving on. I'm doing something else now. Um, to be honest, this is probably the thing that I've done the most and the longest because I finally realized what's fit. I learned how to like tune into my, my heart. Being vegan for three years is probably one of the things that I've done the longest. Now, doing what I'm doing now, coaching, podcasting, all this jazz is one of the longest things I've done in career-wise because it's as you sort of go down this path, you just really just feel into that heart space and you go, this feels good for me. And I've been doing a lot more of that and learning how to do a lot more of that and sharing how to do a lot more of that. And as I tune into that heart, this is sort of the outcome. It's like, hang on, this isn't quite working for me because of this, this, and this. And as you become more aware of your surroundings and more aware of who you are, you start to realize something isn't quite working. Um, and here I am. So, you know, I going back to September 2017, I was living in Canada. Um, and I met... I had a coffee business. Let's give you a bit of a background for those of you who heard this story. Bear with me. I had a coffee business. I bought a, an old van with a friend and my ex-girlfriend and I, we ran it. And we had a, the time of our lives. And also, it was a very difficult time of our lives. But let's not get into that. We, um, we were, it, was, it was an adventurous part of my life. And I was selling coffee with milk and I was drinking a lot of milk. And at this time, I was sort of like my, my girlfriend at the time, she was vegetarian, right? So I'm like meat eater. She, she was very beautifully open-minded and non-judgmental and, you know, you could eat whatever you want, really. But she was just happy being, being herself. That's Haley. And um, she, I, was, I was eating like vegetable curries. But even before I met her, like I was quite open-minded, and, but I was still eating meat. I still love my pepperoni pizza. And uh, then I met this guy as I was selling coffee out of the coffee van, you know, very much a lot of milk. And I was drinking a lot of dairy at that time, especially testing and sampling coffee um, to make sure the milk and everything tastes right. I was right into coffee. And uh, this guy, Dan, uh, he came up to buy some coffee and he was a police officer in, in Canada in Penticton. And he was uh, sharing, me his, sharing his story with me. And, and it, you know, as we got to know each other, I was like, wow, man, that's crazy. Like he had starting stage four kidney cancer and uh, was, you know, brink of terminal. And him and his wife decided to change their diet. They heard about, you know, going whole food plant-based, changed their diet. And he went into remission and she, his wife, Sean, she uh, lost 70 kilos and they just look completely different. And he was sharing all this with me. And, and the beautiful thing I loved about Dan, and I love about Dan, I still know Dan today, but he uh, he didn't push anything unnecessary to me, and that 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 grabbed me. But I was always curious, so I'd be like, "Tell me something today, Dan." And he, you know, he ended up telling me about this book, uh, the China Study, and I was like, "Damn, I'm gonna read that." Anyway, six months later, I read that, and it just blew my mind completely. Open the studies on on what you know when you have this firm identity in life, you just go, "Holy crap! Why have I not heard of this before? This is just crazy." And I guess having that base level open-mindedness, I was ready to receive it because a lot of people could just go, oh, that's hogwash and shut the book. But I was receiving it. And, you know, a couple months after that, I made the decision to go, I'm going vegan. And it was, and the reason I went vegan was because it was for me to be healthy. And I imagined myself in dance shoes, you know, in, in my fifties, when I had kids, am I going to be able to climb a tree? Am I going to be, or am I going to be sick on a hospital bed? I want to run faster than my kids and not be 
you know, crippled at, you know, with a disease or something that was related because it could simply be redirected or completely um, avoided by changing my health. And so I, that was my main reason was health reasons. I wanted to be healthy as possible when I'm older. And then as I started going through this process and changing my, the way I ate and I started opening up spiritually at the same time because I was, you know, venturing down to California in my car with, with Haley and we were reading a lot of spiritual books and doing a lot of meditation, we just started learning more about that stuff naturally, right? It wasn't a byproduct of it going vegan. It just happened at the same time, coincidentally. You know, coincidentally, there's that word. Um, and anyway, so I was like, then I started getting more spiritual. And I was like, man, vegan's a way to open up to the spiritual realms. And I'm like, you got to raise your vibration because you're eating vegetables. You're not eating dead beings. And, you know, that was my, that was my thoughts. And geez, do I have a different perspective on that now? I mean, that could probably be a whole on, on the whole good vibe, bad vibe type thing. I could, I could definitely do a, uh, another whole podcast on that. But, you know, I used to say things, I never, I would never be able to go vegan. I used to say that. Then I went vegan and then I thought I would never not ever be able to be vegan, not be vegan. <laughs> so I'm like, I'd never go vegan. Then I'd be like, I'm never not going vegan. So they were the they literal words that I would say. And to the point where I remember a story when Danielle was saying like, oh, you know, because Danielle, my girlfriend now, she's also vegan and um, what was with, vegan with me on this journey. And she was like saying, oh, you know, I've heard of women like when they're pregnant having cravings and they might eat they want to eat meat and i'm like you can't do that in a little we had this conversation we're cool. it's beautiful because we're quite open and, and can have these conversations but like and she probably puts up with a lot of my like stern ways sometimes my stubborn ways and um she was like i'm craving it i'm like i, I couldn't do that I, I don't know if we could do that i don't know if we could be together that was legit the this sort of like can new level of conditioning it's almost like a cult-like conditioning that i had there and we laughed about that because i was talking about this this morning on our walk and i said geez i remember when i said that and you know that's a couple years ago now so it's like interesting how we can just change our perspective as we evolve in our life um but you know another byproduct of me going vegan was also learning about the animal's welfare the well-being and Honestly, over time, that started to be more, instead of health reasons, it started to be more of a priority for me of that well-being of, I was like, shit, like, you know, watching Dominion, watching Cowspiracy, watching all the other health, like Forks Over Knives and, and Game Changers was, was after. But when I started watching that first, I was like, oh my God, I don't think anyone really understands. And, you know, my family, my, my mum and, and um, her husband, they're, they're in a, they have a farm, they have sheep and you know, this is their livelihood for, for many ways. And it's one of those things that can really shift you emotionally because, and really put you in two different places. Cause one, like your family, a lot of vegans have this, it's like their family is very different to their current, like that, the way that they're wanting to be, you know, be vegan now and wanting to eat no meat and not wanting to hurt animals. But like, it's very hard for a lot of people going vegan to try and influence their family and that was me for a very 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 big portion of this journey is like trying to like push it and go yeah you got money problems it's because you're not vegan you got this issue that's because you're not vegan that was very much me because i just saw so much beauty in this but you know as the time goes on i can also see a whole nother world to it maybe that's just me because 
I have that ability to see things differently. You know, I can, I'm always looking at asking questions on both sides, maybe not always, but like I can see different things and they start to show themselves to me. Um, and I think that's one of my gifts is that ability to have a different perspective. But, you know, I was now holding on to this like badge, badge of honor. And to be honest, there's a lot of great things, even though I'm like saying I'm no longer vegan and all this. I want to also talk about the beauty that this has. And because then I'll talk about the shift that happened and what drove that shift to not be vegan, not to want to carry this badge of honor. You know, with all this badge of honor of like, I'm vegan, I'm noble, I'm um, altruistic, look at me, I'm good. And a lot of, they actually are. There's so much beauty about, you know, this vegan community and culture. But there's also a couple of things that just didn't sit well for me. And I'm like, ah, geez, man. And this is my journey. You know, I've still got vegan friends, a lot of them, a lot of vegan activists. And, you know, I hope they're my friends after this message, but, you know, we'll see. Um, this is just me being me, y'all. So, you know, think about this. They've got, honestly, after being in it and out of it, they've got a lot right. Vegans have got a lot right. The vegan community knows what we need to do. But there's also a lot of other factors. The earth needs help, guys. We know that. Everyone, vegan or not vegan, environmentalists or bloody just a minor, you know at one level of or another, the earth needs some support for us. Everywhere you look, you see climate change and you see, you know, Greta Thunberg and all these different activists coming up about the environment and the earth and what we need to do and, you know, the Amazon fires and everything. We know the world needs help. The earth needs us right now. The overconsuming, the overconsumption in this planet, on this planet, is incredible. I mean, not just food, but just in products in general. We're just looking so much to to fill a void within us with this, like I got a, you know, one from conditioning and one because we're not we're, we're unsatisfied, one because we need to buy these things for Christmas and all these products and all this stuff without really understanding where things come from. And I think the vegan community can is that the beauty of of seeing it being in that vegan community was me to for for me was to start to see this model of overconsumption. Um. We eat way too much meat. When you see cows side by side on for acres, that's not okay. I remember stopping in California on the middle of a highway at about 5 p.m. at night, um, pulled over the side of the road because I saw one of those um, properties where it's just cattle and just jammed in there. And I was like, this goes on forever. And I was blown away. I hadn't gone vegan at that point. I was still vegetarian, I think. And I was just blown away. And when you see that, you go, what's going on here? It just opens your eyes to something. Um, and then so like if you think about the earth and eating meat, you look at what, what, what's the real issue in, in affecting us personally. Heart disease is the number one killer in Australia and in North America. You know, like what's that from? And we can see now through science, you start to see, and that was another big factor for me. And, you know, heart attack here, heart attack there. You got to look. Well, what, what was the effect of that? What was the cause of that effect? It's a lot of eating red meat and animal proteins, a lot of dairy. So we know that we can just cut back a little bit, and I got to see that, you know, and, and the vegans are sharing that message really powerfully. Um, there's no doubt. There's no doubt that it's better for your health. I mean, just eat more vegetables, 
we know that you get antioxidants from that. Antioxidants are the ones that fight the free radicals in the blood, in the body, in the tissues. We know that. Like, come on, guys. Watch a documentary or two and you know that. You don't have to be vegan to realize that it's eating more vegetables is healthy. Um, do I think it's the only way to be healthy now? No. I think healthy goes far deeper. Healthy goes into emotions too, and that's, that's a big reason of why I shifted, and I'll talk about that in a sec. But uh, I don't think there is one size that fits all. I think that we can just have a deeper level of awareness of what's really the bigger picture and come together that way. Um, you know, separation, man. Separation. That's a big one. Anyway, more on that in a sec. What I've also realized being vegan was that how actually more energetic I was. Um, another really good thing that, that, I mean, came from that was like understanding, wow, I actually feel more energized. Towards the end there, though, I don't think it's the only way because, you know, unless you're really like scrupulous and you go and get the, all the testing done, which can be quite expensive, but go and get all the testing done, get all the vitamins done, and you know, or you just buy all the different fruits and veg to make sure that you can fill a plate with all the different nutrients that your body needs. But not everyone's like that because there are a lot of vegans out there that drink Coke and, and smoke and uh, have Oreos. You know, Oreos are vegan, guys. Cigarettes are vegan. They can do that. And um, I think you, there is a more, there is, if you don't have like a base level of like food knowledge, an ability to miss out on viable nutrients. So um, I got to have that awareness going vegan. It's like, wow, my body feels a lot more energized because I am naturally eating a lot more plants. But then there also can be this thing where you do miss out a little bit. You know, you do miss out on certain things. I had to get the B12 shot every now and then. Um, and, but that's a whole other story. I mean, you know, you got to look at some of the debates and Joe Rogan about that we had. Uh, what's his name from the, the documentary? The Game Changers was on Joe Rogan and he talked a lot about B12 there, which is really awesome. And you know what? The vegan community, they've got a good thing, right, is that there's a very big and beautiful, loving community of people who are generally caring for the well-being of those who do not have a voice. And that's tremendous, but you don't have to be vegan to have that too. Okay, and that, that was, that was a, a bit of a summary of why I believe the vegans do have a lot of a, of a lot of things right. But what made me shift, this is the, the big part, and this has happened over time, if I'm really honest. And it started to happen probably about 12 months ago. And I was like, oh, this is not good to me. I, I don't know about that. Uh, and it, it's, I think that's how most change happens. You know, if you look at like breakdown of relationships, you just start to see a few little things that just come up consistently and you're just like, mm, uh, it's time for me to separate. And this is like me being separated from the vegan, the vegan game. So the number one thing that I really, really found was to, to start to separate me from being this label being vegan or just the, the, the lifestyle of being vegan was the shame that was pushed on to others who weren't vegan. And this is more of a silent shame that I had upon others, judgment upon others. Um, and like this sense of separation that was coming up because even among the vegan community that happens, but like if someone eats meat, as opposed to you walk up to someone who eats meat and then you know they eat meat and then you walk up to someone who, um, has, is very vegan 
I was I would literally high five the very vegan and not the other because we would be like connected. I'm like, yes, brothers, sisters, you are family. And then I would ultimately drive this other person from feeling ashamed, whether they did or not. But that's that's the potential energy that I'm transferring onto someone. And I started to see this as I became doing being a coach and a mentor and, and helping others heal, which is to basically release shame and guilt and and grief and anger and all that sort of stuff. I I was like, I was not embodying that. I was silently judging that, projecting other opinions about and criticizing other people about their choices in life. But I was, yeah, you know, anyone who wanted help, I'd help them, but I wouldn't help the people that didn't need the meat. And this is all silent stuff. I didn't really say it unless it was like family and I'd be like, I would, you know, everyone's a bit more open with their family. Um, and so that's not okay for me. I didn't like that. I'd come to realize that. I was like, I really, I don't like how that's driving a separation here. And then another thing I feel like it's like even the vegan community are arguing amongst each other. It is like it, the word vegan has a very dogmatic nature to it. I mean, why can't we just be loving and compassionate? Just loving and caring, but for everyone and loving and considerate. And maybe somewhere we can sacrifice a few things in our life to just maybe help out someone else, but not because we're labeled vegan. Uh, because in that vegan community, it's like, okay, you're vegan, cool. But do you do this sort of activism? Um, do you drive this sort of car or do you have like these sort of clothes or you're, you're, you buy new clothes? Oh, okay. Oh, you buy new clothes. Mm, well, you're not that vegan then, are you? You know, and you suddenly walk away like that. And I don't, I've seen that. I've, I've witnessed it. Like, and I'm sure other people in the vegan community who are listening to this or who is vegan know that that exists. Um, and so I don't, think we're really creating a solution to how to like live in this world more peacefully together all beings together if the very community that wants to drive change cannot change within themselves when i saw that i was like damn that's big i ain't separating i don't want separation between people doesn't mean everyone has to love everyone everyone has to be around everyone everyone just needs to accept everyone for what they're doing and not put their dogma onto someone else just let them be and maybe the way that you live this world in a more peaceful, hum- harmonious nature will actually speak more volumes than the word. How you be in this world speaks more volumes than the words that you say. And then when I started seeing like labels, I first it, was, it actually started to come up when I did a mushroom ceremony in Bali, like a healing ceremony, plant, uh, a plant medicine ceremony. I did this with Danielle, and it was a whew, what a wild ride that one was. Shifted a lot of stuff. Let's let's just go say that. Um, and one of the things as I was coming out of it was this like glimpse, this realization that inherently people label you anyway. People label you regardless of what you call yourself. They will say, "Oh, he does this," and they'll figure out their own label because they'll summarize you. People are obviously looking to they're always looking to like summarize what someone is or what someone does. And what do you do? You know, that's one of the questions we ask. What do you do? So, and we, we try and like associate someone. It's the way we identify people. But for me, I realized in that after that ceremony, I was like, people, I don't care what I call myself. People are going to in the actually label me anyway. So I don't want to be defined. And that's what I realized. I don't want to be defined by the label that I give myself or others give myself 
I want to be defined by the content of my character. And if that character is able to give someone an impression that's everlasting and impressive to them, that they were like, wow, what is that guy doing? What is that guy actually doing? How does that guy think? How does that guy believe? How does that lady believe? How does that lady, what does that lady do? I want more of that lady. I want more of that guy. That is where the shift, the real changes in this world will happen. And that's called embodiment. And that's called acceptance. And a deeper level of self-worth. That's the real, real power right there. So then it's like, now what? I come out of this and I'm like, I don't really, I don't feel like this is me. And out of this ceremony, it's like, I, I didn't come out straight away and be like, yo, what's, you know, what's, uh, today's the day I'm not vegan. Like September 1, I went vegan. I remember that because it was a specific day, but I'm like, cool, 2020, baby. This is, you know, August 9, I'm not vegan anymore. Um, it, it wasn't like that. I ended up just having this realization slowly and just piecing all the different pieces of the puzzle together over time. And it was one day where I'm like, I've been paying a lot, I've been focusing a lot more on building my intuition and this understanding between this such intelligent creature, which my body is. And, uh, you know, we think about two cells come together, two cells from your mum and your dad come together in the womb and over nine months you're born. But no one's telling you. No one in this world is telling those cells how to build each other, where to put the eyebrows, where to put the tongue, where to put, you know. We don't have a doctor calling up the womb every day saying, uh, yep, put the ears there. How's the ears going? Oh, how's the eyebrows? What color are they? No one does that. So what does that? What intelligence is speaking to both cells to create you? That's intelligent creation. And that is where you know, you want to go dive into spirituality, you start to realize that you're like, wow, who are we? And so this intelligent body that we are existing in speaks to us consistently through that natural intelligence. And we call that intuition. But it was very important for me to pay attention to my own body's wisdom and to listen to that. And when I look at, you know, the day, the day that I actually first shifted was Danielle and I, when we were in Bali, we went out for breakfast and it was like, I was just sitting there, I was looking at the menu and it was um, a vegetarian restaurant. I was looking at the menu and there were eggs there. And I'm like, said to Danielle, I said, I think I'm going to get eggs today. And she's like, what? Really? I'm like, yeah. She's like, go for it. Go, do it. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna. And I did it and I ordered it and I ate it. And I was like, oh my God. And what I realized was like my body had actually been asking me for it. Whatever's in that, it knows innately what it needs. If we just, we just need to drown out the silence, the noise around us to listen to the wisdom inside and say it needs this vitamin. It's connected to all these things. We know that through quantum physics. Um, and it, it's, that is the superpower. And so then that was the day where I was like, wow, I ate eggs. I guess I'm not vegan anymore. But I felt a little bit of shame because I was like, I don't really want to tell anyone. You know, I don't, I don't really want to like say that I'm, you know, especially my, my vegan friends, I was like, well, certain vegan friends, but like some of my brothers, you know, one of my good mates is vegan and, you know, I open to tell him. So that's the funny thing is like, cause he is actually like a very loving and understanding and caring person. He didn't care what I did, but he, um, 
I'm, 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 I was so happy to tell him, but there were certain people that I wasn't because I was scared of the judgment. And I knew that innately that there was going to come, that was going to come. But, you know, this is the realization, like some of the, of all this thing is like all the things that I learned from this whole process. And what I'm sharing with you now is like some of the other, so I've got a couple other real key learnings from this whole process of when I shifted and I, and it wasn't like, okay, cool. Now I'm eating meat. Now I'm eating all this. It's like this natural shift. Like I ate the eggs and then I started to really process what that meant for me. And I'm like, wow, okay. My identity isn't what I was saying for the last three years. So, you know, it was this very, very, very freeing moment extremely freeing moment and I felt like I had actually been in a cage for the three years an energetic cage of you know my actions are defined by the label that was placed upon me and another powerful thing that I want to talk about is the energetics of food I don't I learned so much more about the energy of food by even going vegan but also like through that process you can eat Vegan doesn't mean healthy. Whole foods, plant-based, yes, means a lot more healthy. But then also you could buy, you know, kale from the shop that is sprayed with so much pesticide and then you've got organic kale. The two, the two different products there, organic and non-organic, pesticides and then pesticide-free kale, have two different energetics. So just because we eat this, you know, not, this, this kale doesn't necessarily mean that we're getting the most out of it or the best um, possible nutrients out of it. We could still be encased in shit. And so then I started to realize this whole thing with like the energetics of food. And so you could go and buy um, the Oreos that have been condensedly processed in that packet that has probably been sitting there for a certain period of time and then slapped with a lot of preservatives. Preservatives mean long life. And that's like getting it now encased on all your cells in your body. And now it's like preserving or blocking off certain cells and the receptors. Like you're taking this stuff in. Not only that, you're also like, think about the people that are in that facility. You know, you think about the difference of between like a really cheap shop as opposed to like a Whole Foods shop in America, North America, like a Whole Foods. And then you've got like a really budget, cheap, discount store even walk into that you feel the difference in the stores it's this natural energy around the environment and i think that plays a very important role so like now for instance if i eat eggs i'm not going to go buy the cheapest eggs on the shelf i'll go and buy like i'll make sure i'll deliberately look at the label and go which is the best possible solution here that could help me but also impacts the environment that i'm i'm, I'm sending my money to so if this like is this producer like caged animals that are like slammed, 10 chickens are slammed in one small one foot by one foot cage. I don't want a bar of that. I don't want to support that because every dollar that you spend is a vote for the world that you wish to see. And so I will go the organic, open, free range, whatever the hell range it is, but I'm going to look for the most supportive environment of those chickens. And then for instance, one week I bought eggs and for the last two weeks I haven't. It's like my body doesn't feel like I went to the shops and I looked at it. I'm like, do I need the eggs? No, I don't. So I don't buy it. So it's like paying attention to the energetics of that and also paying, to the paying attention to the intuition. So you're not going to buy like, you think about if you go buy like a black and gold tomato paste and then you go and buy this really beautiful organic Italian tomato paste. There's going to be different energy in the two. 
I think we need to pay attention to that. Are you going to go buy like really budget steak that's clearly been like like the the way the animal's been slaughtered, the way the animal's been stored in no sunlight in a factory, or you're going to look at like an organic free range that you go to the farm. I know a friend of mine actually had to shift away from being vegan because of gut health issues, and he was in the health field, and then he uh, now has to go back to eating meat, but he goes to this farm where it's all organic free range, and he goes and buys it from the farmer direct, and he blesses his food because he realizes that this this animal died to nourish me for 24 hours. A life was killed because it, you needed to be nourished for 24 hours. And you think about that. How many animals need to be killed for you to live for 24 more hours? That's so wild. And he says, I want to bless and thank this animal for being on my plate to help me, to say thank you. Isn't that so powerful? And to think about just even like plant-based food, like, shouldn't we just sit there and actually bless that thing to say, think about all the chickpea farmers that put those chickpeas on my plate, all the businessmen that took the risk to, and business ladies, business women to take the risk to start that business, to bring the chickpeas and bring this, you know, kale, bring that pumpkin all to my plate. Think about the blessings that actually we have right now to bring this stuff to you. And now another aspect of this is like karma. Man, this was a huge realization for me as I was, you know, reading more spiritual texts and learning more about myself and on my own spiritual journey. I realized everyone's got their own karma. And karma is just the word for uh, Sanskrit word for action, action and reaction, cause and effect. One of the theories that I have and the feelings that I have is that, you know, are the really hardcore activists right now the way they are because in their previous lives they were very disrespectful to animals and maybe they were the, like working in the slaughterhouses or maybe you know something about them needs to be of more their karma is like push urging them their their soul's mission their soul is p- pushing them to be more of service to the voiceless in this life you know and no matter what everyone's actions will always have a reaction so if someone, and I know a lot of arguments are going to come out of this and they're like, yeah, but the world's going to die and the earth's going to be burnt and we're going to have no homes. What happens when we die? No one looks into that. How many people out there when they had that argument have ever researched near-death experiences or uh, reincarnations, past life regressions? We don't know. We don't know what goes on after death. We don't know. There's a lot of researchers out there, just as many doctors there are looking into the benefits of plant-based living. There's just as many doctors looking into past life regression. Just because you think you know it all don't mean you know it all. So my, my, as I was learning more about this and like past life stuff, and I'm just like, wow, there's so much more at play here. And that, yeah, okay, the way you treat someone now in this life, if you follow karmic philosophy, Maybe you're going to find someone who actually treats you poorly in this life. Has anyone considered that? That the way you treat an animal is actually the way you're getting treated in, in another relationship in your life, in this life. Or maybe that that's what, what could potentially happen is that you reincarnate as the animal in next life. And that played a huge, huge, huge part of my role. Is like, first of all, just fully accepting that everyone's on their own journey and no one's perfect. 
And ultimately, the, the effect, the cause that someone, the choice that someone makes has a cause. And then there's also an effect that sinks back. That effect gets put out into the field. But I'm sitting here going, I want to live with a clear conscience. I want to live with that and I want to know that I'm doing my absolute best. And that comes from heart-based intention. Living from your heart and actually going, you know what? Sometimes stuff, sometimes there's, there's a, there's a, you know, mo- I, I believe most of the time there's a bigger picture at play of why every, how everything's interconnected, how animals are playing out for our role. You know, I, I remember this crazy story that someone told me when they were on um, their own mushroom journey years ago, actually, well before any of this started playing out, well before I was even vegan. And they said they were out in nature on their journey and they, um, they saw a tree fall over and they could hear the, all the plants celebrating that tree falling over because it had moved on now to start to feed and, and nourish the soil. And that would actually, that, that was its celebration to be like, I want to be of service to nourish the soil. And we see as humans, we see the tree fall over and we think, oh no, poor tree. But what if the tree actually wanted to fall over? And a crazy, another crazy story is that what I found out recently was that, um, and this happened through my own journey, is that when, when it rains, I was, this is what happened. When it rains, I was seeing worms on the pathway and I'm like, oh no, don't die worms, don't die. And so I would pick the worms up and I'd fling them back over to the grass, be like, yes, I saved the worm. And I felt good about myself. I'm like, yes, I just saved a worm today. Good karma, done my good deed. Turns out that if they stay in the soil, the reason they do that is they beach themselves because of the soil after the rain is so they can drown in it. And I heard that from someone else. I'm like, they were deliberately putting themselves on the path. But here we are humans. We think we're the, the most noble species and this like, this this the 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 person that's here to save the world do you know what happens this is funny i read david attenborough someone said this but if if all i think it was if all the worms were to go in this world in two years something like this i might be mixing it up but the essence of it if all the worms were to be vanished from this earth in two years we would all die if four years in four years if all so if all the insects were to die, in four years, we would all die. The earth would go to nothing. But if we take away all the humans, we take away all the humans, what happens to earth? It thrives. Trees grow in the middle of the road. Your bedroom's now filled with insects and bugs. Everything is just thriving. Animals go anywhere. There's no restriction zones. And so we uh, naturally, this just shows the show, like how much impact we are actually making being here on earth but also the bigger picture that it's all it's all part of a greater plan man but can we just tread a little bit more light can we just maybe have a little bit more awareness of who we are and a little bit more awareness of our actions and i think that will be start to make a significant change so you know what do i what am i doing now then what am i doing now well I'm a human. I'm I'm being a human being. I'm doing my best, being a human being. And mostly, I'm eating intuitively. I I do eat eggs. I had a tiny bit of salmon in my sushi. Uh, oh, geez, what was that? Like a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, damn, this feels naughty, but I'm doing it. And I did it. And I'm like, wow, that was strange, but I like it. 
Um, haven't had any since. I don't eat meat. I don't feel the call to eat meat. Um, but however, if I am, you know, out in nature, you know, I go back up to the Aboriginal communities where I used to live and I fly back to Australia and go back and see some Aboriginal friends in the Pilbara, somehow I end up connecting with them and they're, you know, I grew up learning with, I had an, a best friend as an Aboriginal and I grew up going out into their station and catching goanna, catching emu in the wild and co- learning to cook them in the earth and eat them. You know, if I ever found myself in a traditional area like that and it felt right for me, I would eat it. You know, I grew up uh, in a moldy culture. So if I was there, you know, on a, with a, um, uh, some, some sort of cultural going back to like a, for a family reunion on the Marae or something in New Zealand, yeah, you know what? Maybe I might have a hungy and eat the meat. I don't know. But if it feels good to me, I'll do it. If it doesn't, I won't. I don't do dairy at the moment. Um, and I don't think I ever will. I just don't like it. Um, but I'm not going to freak out if someone bakes me a birthday cake or a cookie and um, gives it to me. And if I feel okay and I'm going to eat it, I'm, I'll eat it. I'm not going to freak out about it and say, oh, I don't do that and be disrespectful because the heart-based intention in that is f- phenomenal. Um, but I'm also not going to be scared to say it too and be more truthful saying, you know what, it actually doesn't feel good for me. I'm not going to do it. So I'm not going to be scared to say yes or I'm not going to be scared to say no. And that's more what I'm focusing on now. I still eat mostly 99% plant-based. I don't, other than eggs, I really don't buy anything. We buy plant-based cheese, we buy everything. I just don't want to be affiliated with a label. And I don't want to be categorized in this way that makes, separates me from others. I want to be part of the human experience and I want to accept more people. I'm a human and everyone else is a human and I want to live this life more peacefully. I'm making the best decision I possibly can from my heart. And that's my intention. I don't know if I'm going to get it right all the time, and I don't expect to because I'll learn from those mistakes anyway, and that's how I choose to live. But I love going to vegan restaurants. I love buying vegan wine. I love all of that. I'm just going to be a human, and I'm not going to be affiliated with a label, and I'm going to do my best to accept absolutely everyone and accept and understand that they're on their own path. I do not want to be known by the label. I do not want to be defined by a label by myself. I want to be defined by the content of my character. And that means for me, I want to be as loving and as thankful as I possibly can. Because energy, I believe energy speaks far louder than words. And I hope that this has landed to the right ears today. I hope this has resonated with you. And maybe it even triggered a few people, but that's okay. Trigger is a good. It gives us a little bit more insight into what's bugging us and what's deep down emotionally. But if you do have any, if you do want to reach out, have a yarn about this, whatever, I'm here, man. Um, If you need to share this with the people that need to know something about this, or this might be insightful for someone that you know, go for it. Much love to you all. You're all doing your best. And I know that, you know, take what you need from this message. Much love, everyone.